This morning and turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41. That's where we're going to start this morning. Isaiah 41. You know, we just sang that song, Let Jesus Come Into Your Heart. And the truth of the matter is, when the Lord saves a soul. The Spirit of God comes into us and, and uh, lives there. Aren't you glad that he lives there forever? I mean, you know, he's always there until we, obviously, until we go home to be with him. But uh, uh, the Bible says he never leave us nor forsake us. And that's what we're going to look at this morning is just the, the blessings and the assurance and the help that we get by just knowing that God is with us. Uh, take, your, or, uh, take your Bibles and stand, if you would. And look with me just down in one verse, and let's read that verse together out loud in unison. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Let's read together. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm so thankful that I serve God who's personally involved in my life, personally involved in the lives of everyone that has trusted you as Savior. And uh, Lord, what a, what a blessed promise just to know that our God is with us. Uh, not only are you with us, but you're for us, and uh, you're in our corner, and you want the very best for us. You want our life to glorify and honor you. We pray, Lord, this morning as we take a look at that blessed truth of the, the presence of God and the fact that, that uh, you have promised never to leave us, never to forsake us, what that does for us and how we can be encouraged by it. We pray, Father, that You'd encourage your people that, uh, Lord, where there's uh, a necessity of, of uh, conviction, we pray, Lord, that you would work on a person's heart. And where uh, there's a necessity of, of uh, encouragement and help and just a confidence in our God, I pray that you'd work in hearts this morning. And Lord, just have your perfect work with your perfect word and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. You know, if you're saved, the Bible makes a promise, and the promise is that God is always with you. Um, now, that's, that's for saved people only. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, if you're not absolutely positive, you die today that you go to heaven, uh, you don't have that assurance. But if you are saved, from the moment you get saved until the day that you see the Lord face to face, either by rapture or by death, uh, you, you will have the Lord with you. He is, he is always with you. And uh, take your Bibles, if you would, with me and, and turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. In John 14... Look with me starting in, in verse uh, 15. 
It says in verse 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, of course, who he's speaking of there is the Holy Spirit of God. It says, I, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while. And the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit of God that after he left and after he ascended unto the Father, the Spirit of God came down and, and now today has, has a ministry of, of being inside of us. And he leads us and guides us in all truth. And he comforts us and he helps us and he guides us and he directs us. But, but through, through the Spirit of God, uh, God has said that he will never, ever leave us. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians 6. And, and understand this, that uh, the reason why this was, was so important was that the ministry of the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament to the New Testament changed. Uh, the, uh, the Holy Spirit of God came and went uh, in the Old Testament. There were times he was on people, there was times he was with people, there was times he was actually in people. But none of those were necessarily permanent. The difference between, between the Old Testament times and the New Testament times is now when a person trusts Jesus Christ as Savior, the Bible says that he becomes a permanent fixture inside of you and me. And look with me in, in uh, chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, down the last two verses, 19 and 20. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So he tells us very clearly there that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. In fact, you go to Ephesians chapter 1, and I believe it's verse 13. It says that when we, when we believed on Christ, that we were sealed. And it says sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And that, that sealing is a permanent seal. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. By the way, one of the reasons why you know why you are eternally secure in Christ is because you have that seal of the Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 and down in verse 27. It says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says that this is, a, this is a mystery. It's something you're not going to be able to wrap yourself around, the fact that you carry God with you everywhere you go. You know, uh, uh, years ago there was, a, there was a, a poem that was written, and it was called uh, Footprints in the Sand. And the, the gist of it was a guy had a dream, and uh, when he was going through the toughest uh, times of his life, he looked down and he didn't see uh, two sets of footprints, he only saw one. 
And uh, basically he's questioning God and saying, why did, you, why did you leave me? He said, I didn't leave you. I was carrying you during that time. Well, that makes, you know, nice sentiment and all that kind of stuff. But it's not doctrinal, okay? Uh, the, the doctrine is, is that Christ is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and knowing that God is in us and knowing that God is with us. Uh, does some things for us. And we're going to be looking at not only some New Testament passages, but also some Old Testament passages. When God told his people, I am with you, it did something for them. You know, we, I, I believe that we're heading into some strange, well, we're already in the strange. <laughs> we're not heading into it. We're there already. Uh, strange and, and possibly difficult times. Um, you might see, and, and I don't know, and I hope I'm wrong, but you might see persecution for the first time in your life on Bible-believing Christians, and it might be you. Um, you know, we are, for, for, for sure, we are at, heading into times that are definitely uncertain. Uh, you know, there have been all kinds of folks uh, throughout history uh, since the creation that have gone through uncertain times. The thing that gets a person through if they're saved is knowing that God is with you, that God is, is your companion, and he has not forsaken you. There may be times when the heavens seem to be brass. There may be times when God seems to be silent. You know, you look at the, that situation with Job, and the more I, more I read Job, the more I study Job, the more I think about Job, um, there's an obvious reason why God uh, had the book of Job written before any other book in the Bible. Because that is the age-old question. You know, why do, the, why do the righteous suffer? Why do those that are, are trying to do right, why do they go through what they go through? And though Job did not get an answer from God, because he was looking for direction, he was looking for answers, he didn't have anything written, uh, and, and uh, uh, God spoke to him verbally, and he was hearing nothing from God. But the, the good thing to know is, even though he wasn't hearing anything, was God with him? Yes, he was. He was, he was watching over that entire situation, and he never left him through, through those troubles and through, through the, the trials that he went through. So let's, let's look at what the knowledge and the understanding of God being with us does for us. Take your Bibles and uh, uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 26. Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Look at verses uh, 17 down through 25. Verse 17, this is talking about Isaac. And Isaac is uh, trying to dig some wells. And what's happening is, is that every time he tries to dig a well, the Philistines come along and they fill the well up. Uh, verse 17 says, And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of, of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. 
and Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, the, the water is ours, and he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they, they digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna, and that means contention. And verse 22, and he removed from the fence and digged another well. Uh, and for that, they strove not, and he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, for now, the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father, fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants digged a well. Um, knowing that God is with us gives us encouragement when we're battered, when we're going through difficulties, when we're going through trials. Again, uh, Isaac continued to try to dig these wells and the Philistines continued uh, just to repeatedly to fill them up. Finally, they let him alone on one and God came down and just reassured him, said, listen, I am with you. And uh, when, when uh, things go wrong, it's very, very easy for us as God's people to get discouraged. And there's two things, according to Scripture, that, that cause discouragement. You find this in the Old Testament. You find that uh, when the, the uh, nation of Israel was in the wilderness, there were two things specifically that God said that, that discouraged them. One was other people. And then the other one was they were discouraged by the way. In other words, the circumstances, the, the, the terrain, the, the situation that they were put in. And uh, those two things can bring discouragement. But what a blessing it is to know that your God is with you. In verse 24, he says, I am the God of, of Abraham, thy father. Uh, your God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Your God is the God of, of uh, uh, Daniel, of Noah, of Job. You know, you, in, uh, I believe it's the book of Ezekiel, it says that, that uh, God would not spare a city, even if three righteous men were in it, men like, like uh, Daniel, uh, Noah, and Job. Why did God pick those three? Well, because Daniel overcame the world. Uh, 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 Noah overcame the flesh, and Job overcame the devil. And they, they did so uh, with, with a, a good testimony and a good reputation, and they depended upon God. And uh, uh, your God is the same God, the one who closed the, the lion's mouth. That's the one you serve. And that's the one who is always with you. He'll never leave you. And so when, when difficulty comes, don't throw up your hands and quit. Understand that God wants you to persevere. God wants you to continue because he's with you. Uh, and, and what Isaac did was he just dug another well. Why did he do that? Because he, 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 he understood that God was with him and he was encouraged by, by God being with him. Uh, we need to not be quick to throw up our hands and not be quick to quit. 
but be, be quick to plant our feet because, again, not because we're somebody, not because we have fortitude, not because we, we have uh, tenacity. No, because God is with us. And if God is with us and leading us down a particular path, then he wants us to continue on that path. So it encourages us when we, when we get battered while we're trying to do right. Another thing it does for us, uh, knowing that God is with us, go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua uh, chapter 1, Joshua is getting ready to take the Hebrew children into the promised land. And uh, God is encouraging him in, in this chapter. And in, in verse 1, he says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. They were going to do something they've, they'd never done before. Uh, they are going to, to fight for country that they were going to occupy. Uh, not that they never fought, but they never fought to occupy this kind of country. They're going into a strange land. They're going into a land they don't even know. And he says, every place, in verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong. And of a good courage, for unto the people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. They were getting ready to in, uh, endeavor and embark on an endeavor that they had never done before. And uh, uh, they needed to have strength and they needed to have courage. And he said, where your courage comes from is knowing that you have a God that is with you, that you have a God that won't forsake you. That, and and they, were, they were heading into, and they knew this, they were heading into something that was bigger than they were. They were heading into something that by themselves, they could not accomplish the task that God would have them to do. And they knew that. They were well aware of that. And so, so there was a, a little bit of fear, I'm sure, and a little bit of trepidation. And God said, listen, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Understand that I am with you. If I've asked you to do something, I will give you the strength and the power 
and the resources to get the job done. And understand, God does that same thing for us. We serve the same God that they served. And if God heads you down a road and gives you a task to do, the task may be way, way above. I can't tell you how many times uh, I have done this personally and I have seen other people do it. Uh, take on a, a, a task that really is beyond their capability. Uh, take on a task that is, is, uh, is, is beyond what they can naturally do. Uh, I've, I've, I've thought about that right from the beginning when, when God called me into the ministry. I thought, God, what in the world are you doing? Yeah, there's a lot of other people that you call into the ministry that are a whole lot more capable than, than, than I am. When God called me into the pastorate, I said, Lord, I, you know, I, re I really struggled with that. Uh, but one of the things that I that got assured is that whatever God orders, he pays for. And whatever God asks you to do, he makes sure that you have, have the strength to do it. And Joshua had, had three tasks. He had the task of entering the land, of defeating the enemy, and then dividing the land for inheritance to the various tribes. Uh, look down in verse uh, look down in verse 3. It says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given uh, unto you, as I said unto Moses. I said five. That was three. Now look with me down to verse 5. It says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Um, the reason why they were going to get all that land isn't because they were good warriors. The reason why they were going to get all that land isn't because they were, they were intelligent strategists that could come in and could defeat the enemy. No, it's because they had God with them. And because God was with them, they had that courage and they had that strength and they had that confidence that they needed. Uh, you look at verse 8, and one of the reasons why I'm convinced why, uh, why he says this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. He was, he was telling them that because that would remind them and keep them cognizant of the fact that God was with them, that God was present. And uh, that makes us conscious but the more we meditate on Scripture, the more we get into the Word of God, we realize that God will give us the assistance we need. God will give us the help that we need. You know, when Paul had that thorn in the flesh and he asked God to remove it, he didn't remove it. But what he said was, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, well, the reason why he had that strength was because God gave it to him, and God gave it to him because God was with him. Just that, just that consciousness of knowing that everywhere we are, God goes with us and he is there to comfort, to strengthen, to help. Uh, another another uh, thing that the knowledge of his presence does for us, go with me over to Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. These are some of the last words that the Lord Jesus gave to his disciples in his earthly ministry. We often call this the Great Commission. And in down in verses 18 through 20, it says, and, 
And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He, he gives us power to serve him. He gives us power to witness. He gives us power to do the commission that he's commissioned the church to do, which is to uh, go, to teach, to baptize, and to teach. And he, he says, listen, uh, the, the reason why that's going to get accomplished isn't just because of the power I give you, but lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of, of the world. And his power and his presence are what make that possible. Um, honestly, uh, if, we, if we witness without the power of God, it's for naught. If we, we try to be a testimony, we try to serve God uh, without his power, it's for naught. And it is, it is essential for us to have his power, and we can have his power because we have his presence. Um, take your Bibles and, and turn with me to John 16. Here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John 16. In John 16, look in verses 7 through 11. John 16, verses 7 through 11. Again, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come... He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. What, what, he's, what he's saying there is that if you'll, if you'll go because you have me with you, you have the Spirit of God with you, he says, in, with, with his power, he will convict. You can, can convict nobody. <laughs> okay, I can convict nobody. And, uh, you know, I realize there's, there's better ways to witness than there are uh, some other ways. And you got to have a right attitude and all that kind of stuff. I understand. But, but what you need more than you need anything else is you need the power of God behind you. And because it's he that does the convicting. You and I don't do it. The, the Spirit of God does. Go to, go to John 14. Back up just a little bit. John 14 and look in verses 16 through 20. Verse 16, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I speak not of you all, I, I know whom I have chosen, but the script that I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come that that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me re receiveth him that sent me. Now that's all, that's all true and that's all possible because, because God is with us. God is with us. Uh, go with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 13. 
It's a blessing to know that whenever we're involved in the work of God, that because God is with us, we're, in, we're never alone. Uh, how many of you, since you've been saved, have ever gotten lonely? Now, be honest. How many of you ever been lonely since you've been saved? Let me see your hands. Okay, so have I. I have to. My hand's up. Do you know what's a blessing? You may be lonely, but the truth of the matter is that's unwarranted because you're never alone. We've got a song in our songbook that says, uh, No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And having that confidence uh, allows us to, to be able to go in his power and to get the job done that, uh, that he'd have us to do. Hebrews chapter 13 gives us another thing that the presence of God uh, does for us, the cognizance of that presence. Hebrews 13, look at verses 5 and 6. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And conversation there means more than just, just what you say, although what, you, what you're thinking and where your heart is comes out of your mouth. But, but it also has to do with your life. And it says, let your, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Uh, knowing that God is with you is a cure for covetousness. Uh, covetousness is just simply a, a strong or inordinate desire of obtaining and possessing uh, some supposed good. And, and God tells us that we ought to be content uh, Apostle Paul said, I have learned whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. Uh, why was he content? He certainly wasn't content because of the outward circumstances. He was in jail when he wrote that. Uh, he had been whipped. He had been beaten. He had been cast out. He had uh, people that had left him and forsaken him. And, and yet, he said, I have learned whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. Why was he content? Because he had Jesus Christ. And not just that he had him as Savior, but he had him with him everywhere he went. Um, I, I remember years ago, uh, 